Liverpool Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories. And now, your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. Thank you, as always, for joining us on the Paul Leslie Hour. What I am about to present to you is a field recording of sorts. Every single year in Gainesville, Georgia, they have something called the John Gerard Foundation Concert. It is, without a doubt, one of the best musical events of the year. It's held in Gainesville, Georgia, at the Brunel University Front Lawn. This last year was no exception. A great show. They had four songwriters, and my good friend Bruce Birch suggested that I come out and record some interviews. Now, I should tell you, these interviews were conducted once the concert had already begun. Background noise? Well, there was a lot of it. What do you expect? I just ask that you look at this interview as an interview with character. It's got personality to it. Liveliness. There was an event going on. People talking. People walking by. It's a great interview, though. It's with songwriter Lee Thomas Miller. As always, let me know what you think. And tune in to the next episode, where we have an interview with Jonathan Singleton, recorded at the same event. Enjoy, folks. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're here with Lee Thomas Miller. He's a hit songwriter, performer. Some of the artists who have recorded his work would include Brad Paisley, Tim McGraw, Terry Clark, Randy Travis, Craig Morgan, Jamie Johnson. I could keep on going. Thank you for taking a few moments. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. So why do you write songs? <laughs> well, I grew up playing music, wanted to be a musician. Um, from the time I was probably in middle school, I knew that Nashville was where I wanted to go. and um, I, th I thought I would just go and I would play on the road, ride tour buses and be somebody's, somebody's band. And um, that was the goal. And um, kind of early in the in the Nashville uh, venture, a producer saw me and uh, put me in a group, and we started uh, trying to get a record deal, which got us writing every day, and uh, that just led to relationships, and which led to relationships, and all of a sudden I'm writing with people who were having hits, and I thought that was fascinating. Um, now my, my college degree, I got a bachelor's in a classical composition, so it wasn't that far-fetched. I'd, I'd always written songs, but I'd never imagined that that's what I would do. I didn't know what that meant, you know. And um, so it all turned, and uh, there was a publisher that came to me and said, uh, I, think if you'll, I think you could write songs. If you'll stop pursuing everything else that you've been doing and write songs every day, we'll, we'll give you a publishing deal. And that was it. It was done. Changed my life. Do you think that songwriters get the respect that they deserve? Well, by nature, we're behind the scenes. We have an amazing life. Nashville's an amazing music community, and everybody's very close. Um, it's kind of a big dysfunctional family. So we have a front row seat at the entire country music world, and we see the artists when they come. Everybody kind of knows everybody. Um, I think... Um, I don't know hit songwriters that are, are complaining about lack of fame or recognition. We think we need to get paid what we should get paid because um, the public consumes music at a higher rate than they ever had. Um, 
So I think that from that standpoint, it isn't fair, um, which we're working every day to fix that. But as far as uh, just the recognition and, uh, yeah, we, you know, we get in the, in the circles that matter to us, we're very well respected. Hmm. Can you remember where you were and when you first heard a song you wrote on the radio? You know, I'm embarrassed to tell you no. <laughs> I should. I think it was, uh, it was somewhere around, golly, 1994, 1995. And uh, I think it was just, I was a little shell-shocked. And, you know, it wasn't something that had been released as a single. So I knew that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like it was the beginning of something. We were just very lucky to have a spin here and there. Um, so no, I, 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 I wish I, could. I should. <laughs> Maybe that's me taking my career for granted a little bit because today it's a thrill, you know, every time we hear anything on the radio, you know, it's a, mm -hmm. it's a big deal. We're here at the 18th annual John Gerard Songwriter Festival and it's unique for you because you're mostly known as a songwriter, but you get to interact with the public. What's one of the more touching things someone has said to you that's a music fan about your songs? Well, I uh, wrote a song with Jamie Johnson and James Otto that won Song of the Year at uh, the ACMs and the CMAs. It's called In Color. And it, it again, another song that changed my life. Uh, recently I've discovered as that the greatest generation is aging because my grandfather was in World War II and that certainly was the inspiration for the, the day we were writing we talked a lot about our grandfathers. Um, I discover now a couple of times a year people, a lot of people will be very emotional about it but it's gone to the next level of kind of regularly somebody will come up and tell me that their grandfather left it in his will to have that song played at his funeral. And, um, there's been a lot of cool things that people have said, but there's never been anything as heavy as that to me. Wow. I'm a fan of that song, In Color. I'm hoping you can tell us just a little bit about writing with Jamie Johnson. Is he at all intimidating to be around? Um, if you didn't know him and you just walked up and met him, sure, he's a, he's a big personality. <laughs> Again, Nashville is, you know, it's the ultimate behind the curtain, you know. So Jamie, Jamie was singing demos for me years before he ever did anything else. And uh, he lies and says that he was singing demos for me back before I would write with him. That's not true. But, uh, you know, I, I've known these guys for a long time. So uh, it takes a lot to intimidate me. <laughs> I'm, you're going to have to forgive me that for some reason I'm blanking on which album it was. But yesterday I was at the store and I was looking through vinyls and I saw, oh, that's one of Lee Thomas Miller's songs. And I'm curious to know what you think about vinyl because that's one thing that a music appreciator can buy that you know nothing untoward is going to happen. Well, I mean, certainly I'm a fan of... I'm a fan of all things mid-century and, and you know, classic. So, from that standpoint, yes, I'm a vinyl fan. Um, I, vinyl's not coming back. I mean, vinyl's making a, it's having a heyday right now because it is cool. Um, 
I think one thing about the digital age that we have forgotten is how how good music used to sound before the internet. Yeah. And we, we've all gotten so inundated now and our ears have changed. Um, but not just vinyl. I, uh, I was telling this story yesterday in a writer's room with, with some people a couple weeks ago. I don't remember what it was, but I, 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 I was listening. I, I grabbed something out of my office to go to the car. And it was a CD. And, and I, again, I forget why I was listening to it, but I put it in. And the minute that it came on, the first thing I thought was, how long has it been since I listened to this CD? And then I sat and just kind of turned it up and and just marveled at how good it sounded because the internet mp3 it's, it's a compressed artificial thing and, and you know to the casual listen to the casual fan to any of us you, you don't think about it but that's because we've trained ourselves to hear differently so yeah. uh, and, and and people argue that about vinyl you know vinyl went to tape and tape was not as warm and tape was noisy and tape was a lot of things it was a different experience but it was more convenient you could carry it around you could do these things so I don't have any trouble with the media medium changing um, but I do think sometimes we have to go back and listen to something unsquashed and something uncolored and certainly if you're going to go and listen to you know sometimes I'll listen to not greatest hits albums but like the actual um, the Hotel California album, you know, those albums that those Eagles songs came off of. Listen to the whole album, all the album cuts, top to bottom on vinyl. Yeah, and uh, marvelous. Yeah, I mean, it's a yeah, it's a different experience. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I also love the gadgetry. I love the turntable, and I love the needles, and I love the I love the tube amplifiers, and you know, I'm a sucker for all that. <laughs> it wasn't too long ago there was something that was very cool that happened on this show. A writer said someone who that was always their dream to write with, and that writer was listening, and the two got together and they wrote a song. <laughs> I never thought that would happen, but I'm curious to know from you, if you could write with any writer, any living writer, who would you write? A, who would you like to write a song with that you haven't yet? Golly, um, you know I'm an Ed Sheeran fan. Um, I think that would be cool. Um, you know, I've had an amazing. It's not that there are, I mean, there's not enough time to list them. I mean, in, in any, anyone I've never written with that's a great writer, Chris Christopherson, I mean, if we're just going to go crazy. Um, but I've had a very blessed career, you know. I, I, one of my heroes growing up was uh, Dean Dillon. And um, I think some of the greatest songs in the history of our business is written by Dean Dillon. And uh, I, write, I write with Dean. I write with Dean a lot. I, I, I travel with Dean. I, I I know Dean's family. I you know we're 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 buddies. Randy Owen was Alabama made me want to be in the business, and Randy Owen's a dear friend. And um, I, you know I've had some amazing opportunities to to get to know my heroes. Hmm. They've never disappointed me. But. This might be a tough one. Who has done the best rendition of a Lee Thomas Miller song? <laughs> well, I will say. Tim McGraw because I have his current single and it's always the most recent one is absolutely the best. Um, but all joking aside, uh, the song Thought About You, I think it's a tremendous record. Um, 
I mean, I'm thankful for all of them, but uh, I had a song a long time ago on Brad Paisley called The World, and I thought that uh, that record came as close to being perfect as anything I've ever heard. Truly an absolute masterpiece of a record. Yeah. Yeah. And then I had a, uh, the, only, the only cut that ever made me cry, um, and the record label played it for me, and I gasped and welled up, um, was I had a Randy Travis cut. Wow. And um, that was a religious experience. Everything about that was um, that, that bucket list stuff. Beautiful. Yeah. What is the best thing about being Lee Thomas Miller? Golly, man. I mean, again, that's so multi-layered. I, I grew up on a tobacco farm, and my parents didn't play music, and they didn't get music, and they weren't really thrilled about me leaving, but they didn't stop. You know, they let me go, and they... They cheered from a distance, and they didn't know how to help, but they didn't inhibit. Um, and then I met this girl who could have married, you know, a rocket scientist and had an easy life, and she didn't. She picked me, and we got married as kids, and now we're almost 28 years in. And uh, you know, we tried to have kids and couldn't have kids. Begged God for babies, and it was a long, slow process. And then all of a sudden, we wake up one day and do different. One means another. We have four babies, and everybody's healthy, and everybody's happy. And, uh, and my wife stays. My wife's been a stay-at-home mom to four babies for 20 years, and I still write songs for a living. Every day, I go in with the most creative people on earth, the most screwed-up, you know, knuckleheads you can possibly imagine, and we we do life together and and write songs. And every now and then, somebody cuts them, and they play them on the radio. And, and I, you know, that's, there's a lot about my life that's, that's an absolute blessing that I don't take for granted because it's been uh, b beyond my ability. You know, I'm not I, I'm not as good as my career makes it look like I am. You're a humble man. Well, you say the music business is a no business. So for every every song that you know, there's no less than four or five hundred that I thought were great and they said no to. So I've always said, if you can survive the music business and stay in it and still be a raging egomaniac, you are a true sociopath. Because the music business keeps you humble. I never heard it put that way. Well, I always like to end the interview. I give the guests the stage. And it's not limited to music. For anyone who's tuned in, what would you say to them? I think that little town that you grew up in, if, if you've looked around and you've decided where you planted is absolutely the greatest place for you, then God bless you. I think people settle because they're afraid or they don't know what else there is. And they, they second guess the thought of trying and leaving. And seeing the world and um, and a crazy dream crosses a person's mind. Somebody says you can't do it, or somebody points out the fact that it's difficult or the odds are bad, and that's usually all it takes to discourage somebody, and they and they never try it. I think I think you have to try it, and if it's on the other side of the country, if it's on the other side of the world. You know what? It's a big, beautiful world. 
Pack your stuff and go give it a shot. If you were born at the ocean, that's amazing. But the mountains are fantastic. <laughs> give it all a shot and then figure out what it is you want to do. But you can't set. You're going to blink and you're going to be an adult. And uh, everyone that I know outside of the music business has a little bit of regrets. There's something about the music business, or maybe LA and acting, where those that step out and go, even if they fail, you know, God, they, at least they tried. Don't look back and wish you'd have gave it a shot. Be brave enough to go out there and suck. <laughs> Just fall on your face. And, and I moved to Nashville with a million dreams. I'm, 21 years old. I was there two weeks and I got a gig playing fiddle for Tom T. Hall. And I thought, I can do this. Turns out this is easier than they said it was. He fired me two days later. Oh boy. And I never got another artist gig. You know? And if it had ended there, you know what? I played fiddle for Tom T. Hall. <laughs> you have that credit. That's cool. Yeah. Well, folks, it's LeeThomasMiller.com, right? Yes. Thank you very much for taking a few moments and talking to me. You're welcome. It's a pleasure. Yes, sir. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Goodbye.